0: Listening to the Bill Shapes Podcast presented by Midco Sports Network. The postseason for winter sports is just around the corner, and that is when Midco SN shines the brightest with live coverage of the Summit League and NSIC basketball tournaments, as well as the NCHC quarterfinals. Check out MidcoSN.com to get ready for a March to remember. That's Midco Sports Network. This is how we do sports, and this is the Bill Shapes Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Bill Chaves Podcast. Taping this on a Tuesday morning, February the 11th, along with you and the AD Bill Chaves. I'm Alex Sinners. Bill, welcome back to Grand Forks. You we were out in Chicago this past week for Missouri Valley Football Conference meetings. It's exciting that, that we're officially members now. This has really happened. It's it's a new calendar year, and we're a part of the Valley. Look at that.
1: Yeah, exciting uh, for sure, Alex. Uh, quick, quick trip in and out. Uh, got in on Sunday, and. Uh, uh, we started uh, meetings yesterday morning and uh, went through to about, oh, let's just say four o'clock or so, somewhere in that range. And then uh, and then jumped back on a plane and uh, was home, uh, you know, around midnight. And so uh, uh, it was good. You know, it's always great to get around the table face-to-face. Head coaches, ADs, faculty athletic reps are there and, uh, you know, just uh, – you know, business of of the conference, and to kind of get an idea of uh, uh, of what some of the issues are, and uh, then you talk nationally too about some of the issues that are going on from an NCAA standpoint as well.
0: Yeah. So this was not the first Missouri Valley meeting you've been a part of. You've you've gone to these things even while UND has not been an official member. Was there any different feel now? The fact that, Hey, we're going to be playing these teams this season in conference play anything different from your chair. And by the way, too, what were some of the big talking points from within the conference that sort of popped up over the last 24 hours?
1: So Bill Corolla, who's our uh, head of officials, um, he spends some time with, uh, with the head coaches and they just go through, you know, a lot of the, uh, uh, you know, controversial slash, Uh, You know, could be how to block things could be, you know, potentially, you know, tackling issues, if you will. Right. I mean, so all of the things you would assume that you'd go through from a video standpoint, I think it's just easier off season to kind of go through some of these things to get a, a better handle on some uh, uh of those issues and then uh, and then bills really plugged in as far as what are some of the initiatives that are maybe happening uh this upcoming year so he's able to clue the coaches in as well uh and you know for us uh you know we talked administratively uh you know just you know again issues that might uh present itself from just, uh, um, a functionality of, uh, you know, how you, how you literally administer the league. So, uh, Patty Viverito does a great job with that. Greg Walter and Mike Kern and, and, and that whole group. And so, you know, there's just always some things that are, are in the offing because of national issues that, that are occurring, obviously NIL being one transfers is always a com- topic of conversation. And so those are the things that, you know, we discuss and, uh, you know, we have, we have various, uh, folks on various committees throughout the NCAA structure as well. And so those folks have a, um, you know, a report out uh, in in giving us some of those uh, pieces of information as well.
0: Some of the things you just mentioned are very much in the news right now. Certainly name, image, likeness. That's being discussed in Congress as we speak. The congressional hearings for that going on today. Plus, to transfer-wise, the Big Ten just came out last week. The athletic director is saying they would be in favor of a one-time free switch, essentially, that would not re- incur a penalty, forcing someone to sit out Obviously, those things, as you said just came up. What's kind of the valley's take and your take on where we're at with Nil and this would be one time switch that could be coming in the future?
1: Yeah, so you know, I think our it, just ironically, we were in Chicago in the big Ten offices, yeah. and so it was our uh, friends <laughs> from the big Ten that uh, that that put the legislation potentially out there, and uh, yeah, so there's a one time transfer exception that that occurs in all but five sports uh, at this point in time, and I think the thought process is either maybe. Everyone has to sit out or no one has to sit out that one year. And, uh, you know, it's just a new way of potentially, uh, you know, doing business. I mean, that's what it amounts to. I mean, I, I, you know, the, the pessimist, the pessimist will say it'll be, you know, chaos and anarchy. The optimist will say um, it'll be fine. You know, uh, you know, there's just a different iteration. It probably falls somewhere in the middle honestly. And, you know, I, I, you can say though, and in, in, in the tricky part is Alex, Here, here's what's tricky It is if you do go the one-time ability to go from, from any school to any school without sitting out a year, there is data that suggests transferring from an academic standpoint, it is better to have a year in residency. So there is data in that regard. If you want to pretend that doesn't exist and that's not out there. So I'd say what's interesting to me though, and it just might be the way it is, is, you know, you just have another area in which you can recruit from if you're a certain school. So you have high schools, JCs, international, and other schools. I mean, that's really what it's going to be and And you know i just matter of factly you know i it's interesting to me that major league sports seem to have tampering rules
0: seem to <laughs> at least at least they're written down whether or not they're actually enforced is maybe another question, but yes
1: i mean you, you I, you know, and again, people listening to the pod are going to say, well, this happens already. Yeah, okay, it happens in the corner, kind of in the back alley, sort of, you know, um, I don't know, in trench coats and, and all that type of stuff. I mean, but but in this case scenario, eh, it's just going to be straight up right in front of you. And so, you know, I, it just might be a different way that we see college athletics and that's okay could be year by year rosters I do think this though we need to then probably figure out some of the metrics that we have in place like APR and those types of things because if you're going to have a proliferation of potential increased transferring I think that will um, some of the metrics that we are held to I think need to be thought through as well so I don't know I, I it'll be fascinating to see where this one goes
0: did you get the sense from your fellow ADs in these meetings that they were pro or con or kind of somewhere in between just just out of curiosity's sake
1: You know I I it, it, and you mentioned the uh, congressional hearings going on right now and you know talking about NIL and uh you know I think if you're in it on a day-to-day basis it's like any industry right it I I think it's hard to synthesize down all the complexities that, that you're trying to deal with, whether it be from a Title IX lens, from, you know, how you handle a, a lot of different aspects when you have a multitude of sports that you're umbrellaing. I mean, I think there's 82-odd championships or maybe uh, close to 90 championships that the NCAA handles. You know, Alex, maybe it's just too big. Maybe it needs to go federated. Maybe it needs to go sport by sport needs their own oversight at this point in time. Maybe, maybe it's just gotten to a place where it's just impossible to have standardized rules to some degree. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I can tell you this. We're somehow in Washington, D.C. talking to Congress. I, you know, I, I'm not sure any industry signs up for that per se, but I think we're there because we do have to standardize things across 50 states right now. And if each state is going to have their own tweak to what NIL means to them, I'm not sure you can really go ahead and have, I'll call it an association wide, you know, governance. It's it just, it will be almost impossible. And so I'll be interested to see what comes out of there. I, I here's what I'll say. We, we got on the pod. I, I watched only a snippet, only about five minutes right now. Hopefully it'll be, uh, Kind of quote unquote on demand, so I'm going to pick it back up at some point today and see where see where it goes. So I'm not educated right now as far as what's going on there. So I do know it is actually happening. So uh, more to come, even maybe next week.
0: Stay tuned. Stay tuned to the pod for more updates. It feels
1: like that's what I say a lot, and I and I <laughs> I I, I got to probably get a, away from that a little bit. But uh, it is stay tuned, and you know, and I think some of the folks, the tenor of the room to some level is. You know, rules of engagement might be changing and, you know, you just have to pivot and adapt with it.
0: That's what the great ones do, Bill.
1: They they really it's adjust, a- Alex. They adjust.
0: <laughs> it is an ever-evolving situation. So there's no, there's no shame in saying, or no problem really, in saying, we're just going to continue to monitor and we'll keep talking about this as new information comes out and when there are updates to give. So it's okay. Stay tuned is fine. That's all right. You
1: know, I would say the majority of the states have to do with leagues that their multimedia rights deals are very similar to professional sports league deals. I I think that's what we're talking about here. It's not the Summit League. It's not necessarily the big sky or the horizon. Um, So we... As an enterprise, so to speak, three hundred and fifty one Division one athletic departments, I think at some point, probably down the road, there's going to have to be some decisions as far as where does this thing all fit when it all comes out and I think much like every institution has to do with every decision when it comes to higher ed, you have to make a choice then w- what game do you want to play if you will, and uh i you know sooner probably than later we'll probably get those uh you know see where things are going because it would seem like there's a uh expedited concern to move things forward because of those eight states that have um you know in their legislation that this is to happen in the calendar year
0: 2020 so stay tuned. might mean you know You don't have to stay tuned long. (laughs) There are going to be maybe some decisions made sooner than later.
1: Enjoy today because tomorrow could change and we'll enjoy tomorrow when it comes. But I'm not going to put my head in the sand. I'm going to think through some things. But the way things have operated over the course of time may be altering. And that's just fine. And maybe that's exactly what needs to happen. And so, uh, but you know, I just think um, it's kind of like the the almost in, in a sense I, back you know the whole big bank deal right where you had to kind of it 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 feels like there's just so many tentacles to this that it, it, it's hard to just fix one thing without then maybe affecting another or two things from a domino standpoint. And so again, it's it's really. Once you get into it it is it is really difficult to kind of figure it out, and as we said last week, you know the different the, the difficult part of this is the whole recruiting aspect to it. and like I said, you know the Olympic model, again, we know where our athletes what team they want to play for, right team USA when you're entering into now the scenario of how do you how do you compete for recruits? when you introduce external funding that is difficult to uh, monitor, um, to put guardrails up, whatever the terminology you want to use. It's, it's hard. It's hard. I, I don't know where, where you go with this. Um, you know, I think the thing, if, if, you were to, if you were a great athlete in, uh, you know, at, at one of our schools and you wrote a book on something and you had the ability to get royalties and all that stuff, I don't think those are the issues. Th- those are not the issues. It's, it's, it's really when you start using your athletic performance or someone is potentially going to be willing to pay far above market value for the ability for someone to come, I'll call it, sit in someone's car. Or, do, you know, I mean, those are the things, you know, what is right? And maybe, you know what, maybe if that's what someone wants to pay, it's okay. Maybe. Maybe.
0: A lot of big questions still to be answered in the midst of this. And like you said, probably change is going to be on the horizon. And hopefully it can be change that will be better, better for the the universities, better for the student athletes, better for everybody involved, better for the fan experience. Hopefully that's that's the hope. That's what we're going to stay. As you said, that's we're going to stay positive. We're going to stay on the positive side of things. And hopefully that's the outcome that we get.
1: This pod is half class full.
0: Has to be. At least today's A-side is. We'll see how the B-side does. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I know you're sad uh, but you know and I, you rightly should be but we're gonna get you there the uh yeah i it, it is interesting but back to the meetings um you know it really is good that we're you know fully fully in the pool so to speak um it was you know kind of an oddity the last couple of years right you played the big sky schedule and it, all the right things i mean it, you didn't want to disrupt those four-year cycle schedules um and so it was it was the right thing for both the big sky and for the Missouri Valley, but it was just a little weird, right? I mean, it, just, it, it, it felt like you were in two conferences, but you were in none. And, yeah. and, and that was hard. And so, I, it, it, yeah, yeah. And I'll, to answer your question all the way back, it did have a different vibe yesterday. It felt like we were full members because I, I wasn't thinking about a schedule that were potentially going to, say, Flagstaff or Cedar City. You know, you're, you're, you're dialed in to, hey, our first game is against Youngstown. I mean, we, you know, we, we've got now a Valley schedule and now we're all in and, and, you know, in, to some degree, you know, I'm, I'm texting with our folks, uh, you know, administratively because now you're all in about making sure that, you know, you're following all of the protocols that the Valley have game wise and make sure that we're dialed into that. Cause even last year, we were kind of still following the big sky rules, right? Because we had big sky officials. So now it felt much better, had a different vibe for sure, which is great.
0: One of the big things I think that have people excited about the 2020 football season is just – it's a good team coming back there are a lot of excitement around the program anyway but the fact that you do get this conference that you get to join that features again a lot of old rivals and you know obviously the big Sky has been great and they're they've produced a ton of great teams and a lot of playoff teams certainly this last year and it's been a good competitive conference but this really is the gold standard in terms of conference strength from top to bottom in the country and now you is a part of that and hoping to add to that that's exciting stuff for the 2020 season
1: yeah I mean uh what what term do you Want to use right iron sharpens iron i mean i i think you know it's 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 nchc ish right i mean at the end of the day uh if you can get out of your conference you feel pretty good on the national level that uh you know you're going to be able to, to to make some noise and so uh you know every game will be a battle no doubt about it um but that's what makes it fun and so uh it's exciting and we are uh we're jazzed up about it so uh um you know like i say good good meetings good 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 to be face to face with folks because there's a you know collegiality that you want to build up because you know in anything that we do from a competitive standpoint it is good to have a relationship with somebody because when something Goes left or right, and you got to work through some things. It's nice if you have that uh, personal interaction.
0: Good to take those steps right now. And obviously, you've been taking those steps for the last couple of years, but nice to see that it's now within the calendar year of when we're going to be playing these teams in conference play. Good stuff there. It was kind of a busy busy time for football. A lot of, lot of football talk in February. Obviously, they have signing day last week, and they had three new players to the program. Uh, a new defensive line coach coming on board and Austin Flieger. There, we had a good talk with Bubba during halftime of the men's basketball game against South Dakota at the weekends, and it was funny. There were no shortage of things to talk about. Spring ball's only... Three weeks away, end of the month, spring ball is going to get started. Quarterback battle, guys getting ready for this portion of the season that's going to make a big difference in what happens during the regular campaign. Who would have thought? XFL? Everybody's talking about football right now, Bill. Even though the Super Bowl and bowl games are long over now.
1: Yeah, you know, the one thing I hear, I'll give you a stat that I thought was kind of interesting, you know, they're talking about the two signing day, uh, two signing days, and I'll I'll get this somewhat in the ballpark, maybe not exact, but over 80% of signings happened in the early one, for for our Valley schools, and that was really running very similar to the FBS schools. Um, you know, in in much higher than all of the FCS uh, the other FCS uh, conferences, and that probably to some degree speaks to the strength of the conference. That you know, um, you know. Students want to sign on and they want to sign on early and they want to be a part of, of these uh, these schools because, uh, you know, it, it's an incredibly difficult conference, incredibly competitive. And, uh, you know, I, we're, we're excited to be a part of it because uh, it, it's where UND belongs and uh, and we know it's in front of us, but it's going to be exciting.
0: Firstly, a spring ball is February the 28th. There'll be a spring practice sometime in April that'll be open to the public to come on over and kind of see that wrap up scrimmage. And then before we know it, it's going to be the end of August and Valparaiso will be coming to town on a Thursday night. It's just not that far away.
1: Yeah, we, we, uh, we've kind of gotten into the wrap up mode, you know? I mean, it's just, I think the days of a game per se just are tricky. I mean, uh, you know, sometimes it just matters what kind of roster you have at that point and in many Many of our guys, for whatever reason, you know, may not be available during that time frame, especially if they maybe had offseason surgery. And so so it just it, it you're right. It, it becomes more of an open practice. And so I want to maybe make sure that we temper expectations for for folks that it really I mean, there's just probably situational things that they would see.
0: Yeah. Well, football still a little ways in the future before things that really matter begin to happen. Certainly basketball is very much in the midst of meaningful action. And the men and women were both home this past weekend for four games. The weekend started off really well. The men picking up a big win against Earl Roberts on Thursday night without Philip Rabracha, who was out with an ankle injury. And then the weekend kind of tailed off a little bit. UND uh, going one for three on the weekend, a couple losses back-to-back for the ladies, and then uh, the South Dakota men coming in and beating the the men on on Saturday. Still, when you zoom out, Both teams are now five and six in conference. They're both right in the middle of this battle for either really third on the women's side is still attainable. There are a lot of teams that are really close. Same thing with the men. The top three on the men's side have kind of separated themselves, but four through seven is really tight. Still everything to play for to to pick up a high seed, finish the year on a strong note, and then go make some noise in Sioux Falls for sure.
1: Yeah, it would seem like right now, I, I mean, it seems like maybe both teams are maybe trending on playing on that Sunday right now, it seems that way, yeah. you know, probably right. Not in that one, two, seven, eight sort of mix. That will be on Saturday. Uh, so who knows how it'll all play itself out. But, um, but you're right, Alex, I, you know, we're in the mix. I, you know, um, again, I, I obviously all these teams are going to be trying to get to a place where they can have three good days in uh, in Sioux falls. But, uh, but you know, I do want to, I, I, I do want to, I guess highlight or underscore the South Dakota women—that's that's a that's pretty good—that's a that's a pretty good outfit, boy. I, I'll tell you what—they they are—they're they are, um, you know—they're kind of one of those special type of teams uh, that it, that sometimes you see in a in a conference such as the Summit League, and uh, you know some of the wins they've had this year are tremendous. Really, I mean they've beaten Ohio State, they've beaten Missouri, they've beaten Utah, and so so um, you know that's that's where obviously this program uh, uh, aspires to to get to. And uh, uh, so you see it firsthand. And I know a lot, you know, many of our freshmen probably um, probably filed that one away uh, (laughs) on Sunday as far as what uh, what's out there, if you will.
0: There are two losses are to Missouri State, who's ranked and then South Carolina, who's number one. And South USD played South Carolina closer than UConn played South Carolina I mean that's it just sort of goes to show where USD is right now in the national spectrum of things.
1: And when you're sitting in a league like ours, you know you can't have a misstep when you're having that type of year. And so uh, you can just tell that team's got the uh, the pedal to the metal, if you will. And uh, you know, and so again, not not. What you're looking for, obviously, an, an end result score, but I think it probably is a it's a, it's a learning opportunity for for our uh, for our team and to kind of figure out, you know, where where that standard is and where the bar is and what, you know, some of the things that they're going to need to work on once uh, once the offseason
0: occurs. Both basketball teams now just get a one-game week, a chance to get some practice in, get a little rest up. They both go out to Macomb to play Western Illinois in a doubleheader on Saturday. The women at 4.30, the men at 7. Both teams beat the Leathernecks in their first meeting. The WIU women are right now in third place, so a chance for UND to perhaps game, you know, get a game back and get a little closer to a, a three-seed. The men uh, took care of business as well against WIU. They are struggling a bit. Western and Denver are in this dogfight for the last spot on the men's side, but opportunity here again for both the men and the women, even though it's tough to go on the road, a chance to go get a win against a team you've had success against this season and get things back on track before coming back home for the last two games of the regular season, on the home side at least.
1: Yeah, no question. Uh, You know, the one thing it's interesting, I had some conversation of course there's some crossover uh, between ADs that obviously are in the Summit League as well and uh, I talked to Justin Sell at South Dakota State. They they had had a double header. I know we've had one. I think I, you know. I, I'm almost thinking as we're going forward at some stage of the game whether we can get there to even numbers at some point. You know, are, are we are we going back to maybe double header mode is the way to go because there's less dates. I, I mean, I, I I don't know. I want to think about that at some point because I, I think people's time is incredibly valuable obviously it's always been that way but there's more there's more i'll call it entertainment options i think today in 2020 i'm just wondering if less dates less home dates from a basketball standpoint is the way to go i don't know I have to think that through as we're going forward. You know, it's funny. It, used, no, no. That it was a split and a separation. Both, I think, programs wanted to be highlighted. But I think you can build off of each other to some degree and and lean on each other when when folks only have to dial in a a night, if you will, or a day and come and watch two games. I don't know. All right, what are your thoughts?
0: I would sense to agree. I mean, there are – There're pros and cons for both, right? I mean, there's there's the idea of if we do have a doubleheader, you know, do you clear the arena then and then you have to kind of bring everybody back in and, and have those tickets sold twice or do you kind of package them together? It ends up being kind of a long day obviously like that western you know 4:30 in the afternoon to get into the building and you're there till 9:30 potentially at night. That can be kind of a long day for families and all the different things that go along with that. But it's probably better than Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And if you're a UND fan, knowing you sort of want to be at most of these games, at least if you can, knowing that picking you know four straight nights to sort of go and be at the Betty is probably not realistic, you know. And if if you're not going to do mirror scheduling like we had in the Big Sky, where, where hey if the men are on the road, the women are at home against the same team, this would you know, and you always had a Thursday Saturday, it was a you know two two nights a week. If you're not going to do that, then doubleheaders make probably the most sense, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we had back-to-back Thursday through Sundays. So that's, what, eight, eight games in, what, about 11 days? Somewhere in that range? That's not good, I don't think. I mean, for, that, for, for where we are right now, I mean, I just think that's a lot to ask of, of, a, of our folks to, to, to come on out and in, in, in support. It's just interesting. So I don't know. I, I think once we get to a place, I, I, I think we just, we need, we, collective we, need to be open to a lot of things. And, and it might be that we have to just change some things up and, and be creative, I, I think, uh, and not be afraid to, uh, to, to, to listen to, to maybe our fan bases uh, and or obviously our coaches, our student athletes and, and figure out what might be best. Because, uh, you know, our teams are traveling together to Western Illinois this week. Correct. And, you know, there's a big positive to that. Um, you know, less missed class time um, opportunity to travel in a way that um, maybe that's maybe that's where we go. I don't know. I, it's just interesting. Uh, so more to more to come on that, too. How about that?
0: <laughs> stay tuned.
1: The stay tuned, bud.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hold that thought. We'll get we'll We'll come back. We'll circle back to that. Uh, so hoops in action. Just the one game coming up this week on Saturday. Uh, check and field also a meet coming up this week and they're coming off a, another good performance down in Vermilion three new top 10 marks in UND history for event winners at the USD alumni meet. Uh, what have, you, have you had a chance to chat with Christine and get her thoughts about how the team is progressing so far this month?
1: We have been two ships passing in the night. So uh, <laughs> the answer is no. Stay tuned. I know Kyle stay tuned. Uh, got, Kyle uh, has been uh, certainly uh, uh, been connected uh, and, and been with them a bit so uh, yeah so but you're right. Um, all, all heading to the championships.
0: Yeah, a lot of good individual performances, again, and and in, in the sprints and hurdles, middle distances... Long distances and on the field side, a number of different kids having outstanding spring, you know, springs essentially having outstanding indoor season so far. So a lot of good things there from a UND track and field perspective. A lot of good things from softball as well. You know, we talked last week how difficult it is for a team that's been practicing indoors in a gym or in the HPC. Like, you don't, you don't get a real diamond essentially to practice on until you start playing games. You know, you don't know how things are going to go. And, and UND goes down to San Antonio, and they win three out of five and have a really good showing down there against some pretty good teams.
1: Softball's funny, too. I mean, all sports have a different rhythm to them. But, you know, you could get run-ruled and then come back and win one nothing. You know what I mean? It's just it's a, you, you, you almost have to have a closer or a cornerback's mentality in that sport because sometimes teams just get rolling. And you know what? You just, it's almost like Djokovic in certain sets. He'll just give a set up. No, you know, he's, he's that guy that will lose six, one in a set. If he, he's just not going to expend energy and then he'll go all in on the next set. And I'm not saying our kids are doing that. (laughs) Trust me. I'm not, they're trying to win every game, but it's just not going to be feasible. You're going to end up going from indoors, literally indoors to outdoor. There's going to be some games that are going to be tricky, but to go out and win three out of five, that's pretty dang good.
0: Yeah, beat Texas Southern, Toledo. They lost to Creighton and they split with Incarnate Word. And there were some great dramatic moments in there. Nikki Pika, who's a pitcher by trade, her first career at-bats, she hits two home runs in her first two career at-bats that helped lift them to a victory. That's pretty cool. That was kind of the headline over the weekends.
1: I think that was awesome. It really was awesome. And then, so they head to Louisiana this week. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, you know, playing a couple against Samford and then uh, Louisiana Lafayette, and then uh, and then we get one on Sunday against LSU. So, you know. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. They were in the College World Series last year. Let's go.
0: No big deal. Be a good test, hopefully. Things just continue to progress. And again, it's softball. Long journey. Ton of games on your way to conference play and to conference tournament time. So another good step in the right direction, hopefully, coming up this week for Jordan Stevens and the ladies. Good steps for the tennis teams. Uh, The women were off this week. The men, though, got a pair of sweeps 7-0 over less, you know, lower division opposition but still didn't drop many sets against augustana and concordia they're back home on friday against green bay the women are home uh, against the same green bay team on saturday morning so good chance to come out and see both tennis teams which have had success early in the season perform over at choice
1: big tennis weekend and then uh sunday the men will play omaha and then on the uh on the 17th um monday the women will play bemidji so, oh, uh, go. at 1130, so, uh, it being president's day universities closed. So 1130 match over at choice. And so, uh, yeah, I, yeah, big, um, you know, big weekend in, in and again, price is right free, um, to come out and watch the teams play. So, uh, I, I it's really a, kind of a cool bird's eye view uh, of watching uh, six courts playing at once. So it's a a lot of fun. Obviously, not when the doubles are going on, but certainly when the singles, they break into singles. It's it's a lot of fun.
0: Mm, Love me some tennis. Get out there and support. Absolutely. Uh, I also love me some hockey, and I didn't have any UND hockey this past weekend. the, The last really open date until, hopefully, from a UND perspective, the gap between the NCAA regionals and the Frozen Four. So if we could be playing hockey all the way through the first week of April, uh, straight. So this was a good opportunity for Brad and the guys to get some rest and heal up a little bit, get some guys that were banged up, back closer to 100%, uh, all, all before they play a Denver team that's number six in the country and is, you know, one of, one of the uh, number five in the pairwise, one of their oldest rivals. Big weekend on the way.
1: Yeah, I I mean, uh, just kind of neat that both teams had the week off. And so uh, we're going to be, I think, treated to some great hockey this weekend, like we always are when these two teams get together. And uh, you're right, total stretch run now. So uh, got two games in hand on Duluth. Um, I know they had obviously a good weekend and kind of creeping toward us a little bit, but uh, see if we can uh, make some hay this weekend and uh, kind of go from there. I know all the goals that I think the team had at the beginning of the year are still in play. So, uh, so we'll see what see what happens. But this weekend should be exciting.
0: Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, Friday nights on CBS Sports Network. Saturdays on Midco Sports Network. Again, this is really when the Penrose Cup not necessarily will be decided because there are still eight games left in the regular season for North Dakota and for the other half of the league that was off this past weekend. But it is, yeah, a two-point lead now between UND and Duluth, who's off this weekend. If UND can reestablish the eight-point gap they had with with the big sweep over Denver, you'd be looking pretty good moving into a difficult stretch down the way. If that does not happen, then it's going to get interesting. It will be a very intriguing final couple of weeks as Duluth looks for their first conference championship since like 1993 and you looks for their third in the NCHC era.
1: Yeah, it's a, uh, it should be exciting as we kind of head toward head toward the, uh, uh, the end of the year. So uh, I know uh, crowds will be great this weekend and I'm sure the teams will be amped. And so it uh, should be a great environment for college hockey.
0: Yes, sir. One other college hockey thing from this past week at Colorado college came out with a new logo and kind of a full rebrand of their uniforms uh, in, in advance of the game Friday on CBS Sports Network. They, of course, have a big event on campus this coming week because they're breaking ground on a new hockey arena, Robeson Arena, on February the 15th. And then they have an outdoor game on the 17th of February against Air Force. At the same time, it makes sense, obviously, why you'd want to have your new look ready in time for sort of these big benchmark moments. But from an athletics department's perspective, that must be the most... Complicated midseason change to have to go. I mean, right? I mean, I can't even imagine trying to make sure that you've got the old logo now off of everything as you're playing games and getting ready for the postseason. Whew, it's a lot of work for those guys out in the Springs.
1: I give them credit for for you know, I obviously taking advantage of the situation and the timing, and uh, for sure. I mean, it makes a whole lot of sense. But you're right. I mean, it, there's a. Uh, there's a balancing act that they had to kind of go through. So uh, to, to kind of make that happen. So yeah, good, good for them. And uh, obviously some exciting days that are, uh, are happening uh, in Colorado Springs.
0: I love talking to their staff because obviously the Tigers were just here the week before the bye and they were discussing, the difficulties of keeping the logo under wraps and they were trying to make sure it didn't get leaked before they did the official reveal on that Friday and how Colorado College and Air Force have this, you know, they're both from Colorado Springs. They're both playing in this outdoor game. Air Force wanted to kind of put out some T-shirts or put out merchandise sign- and signifying this and they wanted the new logo. and Colorado College was like, no, you can't have it yet. Can you please wait until we officially release it? And then they did release kind of this hype video for it and they sort of used a made-up logo because <laughs> they didn't have the real one and then everybody thought it was the real Tigers logo it just it sounded like they had gone through a number of headaches in this whole process of just trying to keep it under wraps I just can't imagine midseason trying to pull something like that off but it appears it appears it went off without a hitch good for them
1: good for them so I, I just uh, yeah I I I was kind of surprised I guess um, as well I just I, I wasn't I I'll say I wasn't really tracking that they were changing out their logo. And so uh, when they did it, I, you know, I, I, I had the same thoughts that you did too. Just the timing, usually all of those things happen usually in the summer months. I mean, that's usually the way it goes, right? I mean, it's just easier to kind of flush once the seasons have ended. But uh, yeah, I mean, hey, they, they took advantage of some, uh, some interesting events that they have coming up. And so they might as well, you know, try to figure out how to maximize all of the visibility for that. Good for them
0: good for them a fiercer tiger coming your way potentially potentially coming your way to the ralph again if the season ended today that would be the 1-8 matchup in the nchc quarterfinals. so we could see that new logo on the ralph set arena ice in about a month or so hmm. Hmm. Uh, anything anything else bill on your minds from a und or ncaa perspective
1: no i think we're good i think uh you know we've got a uh one of our uh final booster luncheons are coming up on friday uh and so uh so again uh you know the booster board does a nice job with that and so uh if you're interested certainly you can go to our website and get more information there but other than that alex i think uh, we're looking forward to uh, an awesome weekend ahead and uh like you said a lot of crossover going on right now We've got a lot of spring sprinkled in with the finishing of uh of uh hoops and hockey and indoor track it's all good
0: all good. All happening and all good. Yeah. Well, let's slip it over to the B-side. Last week, we recorded on a Monday, and I believe maybe like an hour after we finished recording, the news broke that the Red Sox had finally given in and decided to trade Mookie Betts uh, officially to the Dodgers. Now, there were a lot of hassling and haggling since then about what they were actually getting or how much of David Price's salary they were going to pick up. And we still don't have maybe 100% clarity on what the package is. But I I know personally, like, I was a little disappointed that we basically got a couple of utility guys (laughs) and and are paying half of David Price's salary. But you told me a moment ago, Jason Stark had a great article in The Athletic sort of detailing the financial recourse that... recourse isn't the right word the financial relief that the Red Sox are going to get not just this season but in the long term because of this deal and because of the fact they won't have to sign Mookie to this 400 million dollar contract give me the details in this because I I would like to be assuaged because right now not super happy with John Henry and the Fenway Sports Group but maybe I maybe I shouldn't be so critical Bill steer me right
1: well I think depending on what you know, side you want to argue. I think everyone is. It's it's a fair. There's there's lots of fair arguments as a Red Sox fan here. One is really not great that a potential Hall of Famer, the at least on a track to be a Hall of Famer, your your homegrown guy that you can't he can't keep him in the nest. That's not great. It kind of feels a little bit back when uh, the Red Sox traded Fred Lynn. And that was not great, really, for either side, because Fred Lynn was really awesome in Fenway Park. And I think he's even come back and said, over the course of time, probably missed out on a Hall of Fame career by leaving Fenway.
0: Probably. Rookie of the year, late 70s, great outfielder, and then got traded and then just never quite worked out
1: yeah he just had a perfect swing for Fenway Park and I I think Mookie Betts from the right side has taken advantage of Fenway Park as well and so it'll be interesting that he's such a good player he'll be just fine but I'll be interested to see kind of what his numbers are um based on playing you know not 81 games at Fenway I mean it'll be interesting and so but I think and again I this is not a uh a plug. It's just reality. It's facts. Um, I finally dipped my toe in the water uh, to get the athletic and it's probably well worth, um, anyone that loves sports to, to consider the, the, the investment because the, the content in there is so deep and rich that it goes way beyond anything you see Behind, uh, I call it non-paywalls. And Jason Stark's article for the—I I would say I'll synthesize it this way: If the Red Sox did not do this, pretty much every time they bought, or, or, I'm thinking EPL, anytime they they okay. bought a player, right? They, they they signed a free agent. You might as well—you're going to end up paying cry three times the amount of money because of the salary tax thresholds that are in play. And so they had to do something to hit a financial reset. And I don't think, I think if they felt as if Mookie was going to sign with them, I think they would have been okay to kind of go down that path. But this is all, you know, all of those contracts that, that were approved after this 18 season has kind of led to this to some degree. And, um, you know, I, 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 how about this? I feel better after I've read that because there's just a financial reality to this that they're going to, so this is, they're taking it right now and now they can kind of figure out where to go from here. Cause I just think they're, they want with, 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 with Shane Bloom in charge, I think they want to have a similar mindset as Tampa with just more resources. And I, you know, that's it. I, I, I mean, I think they gotta, that's the way they maybe can navigate and really go head to head with the Yankees on an annual basis. Cause you're never going to outspend the Yankees and the Yankees are going to make choices on whether or not they want to go beyond the threshold, but none of those, it's a pretty steep penalty financially uh, by getting into that game. And so um, the, probably the thing that Alex, they, I would say from a PR standpoint are probably taken a little bit of a hit on because they probably in totality didn't think through in a sense, all of these things is the ticket price hike. You know, that that's not great. That I mean, I think if they had a do-over to some degree, maybe they would have backed off of that right now, not knowing how this was all going to play out at this point in time. I just think they've got the most expensive tickets in baseball already. And to jack those up and then kind of go in reverse by moving, you know, your beloved guy that, gosh, I, I, he's almost like the perfect athlete in so many ways. Face of the franchise, does unbelievable things in the community. I mean, just just a, an A plus guy and in it's just a tough one it's just so you stack those two together it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow
0: yeah it makes you want to poke my eyes out but that's it's you understand from a financial standpoint a little bit if you think about the building of a team long term that you really wouldn't be able to bring in new resources, especially pitching. Again, pitching is the area where they really need and they they signed essentially the wrong guys to the wrong contracts after they won in twenty eighteen. And those dominoes are now leading to this. And the crazy thing is we were talking prepod, there's a there's a world in which they do go after bets after his contract is up with the Dodgers. You gotta think in LA though is going to really push to try and sign him to a long term contract, likely this summer you would or this this offseason, excuse me, before things get going. But It's crazy. Pitchers and catchers are reporting today in some places around the major leagues, Bill. And Red Sox don't have a manager yet. We don't have our, we don't have our MVP. We don't have our leadoff guy. There's a lot of things that that the Red Sox are missing right now, and I just. mm.
1: But I think I think they're going to score runs. I don't think that's going to be an issue. Their lineup is still pretty good enough. I think if as long as they're healthy and yada yada yada, I mean they're going to score some runs. It's really the pitching at this point. They're just you know I, truly I don't even know who their number five starter is. I, I it might be an opener. Quite frankly, I I mean that they may go down that direction, but, um, but you know the the concept. And I said the same thing. Like when I read, half the salary was being paid, like Price's salary, forty eight ninety six. But at the end of the day, because of the fact that they're under the threshold, it actually is is more valuable in a sense as far as what's going on there than not so it but it just so blows me away that you literally pay someone 50 million dollars to have someone else pitch for somebody else right Uh,
0: weird it's weird i mean that's you know i still just think again even with some of those things and i'll end i'll end on this because i know you got to get going i just think that you are saving money in this situation you're cutting salary you're doing some of these things to help the team financially long term to potentially get somebody Who's half as good as Mookie Betts? I just think, like, when you've got the guy and you're gonna trade him and a starting pitcher that helped you win a World Series, and you're gonna eat a big chunk of that salary to get three guys back who are probably, I mean, Alex Verdugo has back and neck trouble and was kind of an you know, in and out of the lineup guy for LA. Jeter Downs and Connor Wong are the other two guys in this. And this is after they had done this whole thing with the twins with Gratterall and then deciding, like, yeah, maybe we don't want a guy who's 290 pounds that's had shoulder and elbow issues, who's only 21. It just the whole thing has just been such a black eye. I just I just uh they did a thing on ESPN I saw today where they had listed off the excitement level of the fan bases for each of these teams. And they gave Red Sox fans a three out of five, like one five being we're so excited for the season one being we could care less. I couldn't believe it was that high. I just can't I can't imagine. I know when the season gets started, you know, whatever people will start. It'll it'll be fun, but. Oh, goodness. Right now, it's like a negative six. It's just zero, zero buzz, zero excitement, sadness.
1: I'm just a little different I, I, I because I'm just appreciative. Like, again, I, I'd say this. If I was, you know, maybe not have gone through the four championships over the last X amount of years, I just think they've kind of tried to set themselves up futuristically. And they knew they were boxed in financially. They just were. And, 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 and bets became the expense and that's how they had to get rid of price with him. And again, I still go back to, I'm not convinced that Mookie bets, bets wanted to be in Boston. And I think they got the same read. And and again, we'll find out, we'll find out, but it's a bitter pill to swallow. I, it, 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 again, I was saddened when Fred Lynn was, was dealt I was just a young lad at that point in time. And, uh, you know, when he was dealt, I think, in 80 or whatever it was, he you know, he was rookie of the year in 75. They had gone to the World Series. 78 was a tough year with the Yankees. And, you know, so, again, I'm like 14 or whatever, 14 or 15. And, you know, Fred Lynn, I mean, holy cow, you know, I was nine years old in 75 when he and Jim Rice came up. I mean, it was unbelievable, right? Goldust twins. And so, at the end of the day, um, to lose him, that's that's kind of what a lot of fans certainly are. And, and again, I can't reiterate this. I think Betts is such a good guy off the field, too. It's like he, he, if you were to clone a person to want to be the face of your franchise, it's him. It's him. And so that's what's probably really bitter for some fans such as yourself. But I'm, after the Stark article, I'm so much better. Again, this is a half glass full pod. I mean, we're not going to wallow in the negative. We're going to look at the bright side of things. And I feel like this gives us a chance to springboard forward. And in fact, I'd be a five in the excitement for this year. So (laughs) I'm going to balance out your one with a five.
0: And that, that puts us at three. There you go. There you go. The The pods
1: at a three. That's okay. (laughs) That's okay. Here's the deal. Do you want to know Sadness. Sadness was, and you picked up on it last year, and I was kind of poo-pooing it to some degree because I wasn't thinking about it. They took the spring training off last year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ended up not helping. Didn't, didn't help a lot during the season. No. No. Well, I'll be watching their Grapefruit League splits, and we'll see if, uh, if they're trying a little bit harder this time around. Well, oh, I'll, be, I'll
1: be interested to see what sales velocity is. <sighs> gosh. I'll tell you what—that's scary, isn't it?
0: There are so many scary things. I'm a one. I'm a. I'm a negative one. I don't care. I'm. I'm out, Bill. I might be out for a little while. I just can't do it. Hurts too much.
1: We're gonna keep you going. We're gonna keep <laughs> you going. So, sometimes you just have to be that, and I'll be the other guy. I'll be. I'll be. I'll be the positive guy in this one. At this point.
0: Well, good sir. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about. We'll talk about all the crazy Major League Baseball playoff. Propo- change you know, proposals next week and all the other wacky things that are going on in the world. Until then, though, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy a big week in UND athletics coming up. Thanks, Alex. Big thanks to Bill Chaves. Big thanks to Cassie Niles, our producer. Uh, I am Alex Heinert. Thanks again for listening. and We'll talk to you again next week on the Bill Chaves Podcast.